Hello, and welcome to Pause of Happiness, the podcast that has the scoop on everything dog. I am Misty, and I am a dedicated dog owner. I am studying to be a canine specialist. I participate in obedience training, and I foster rescue dogs. So, I am sitting here today, and I have all four of my girls with me. Uh, Tabby is a eight-year-old Bichon that I rescued in 2017. Olivia, who is giving me her paw, is a Maltese terrier mix of some kind that's around six years old. I got her from a friend in 2018. And then I have my two Shelties. Uh, Carly is a tri-colored eight-year-old Sheltie that I got uh, after she retired from a breeding program in 2020. And Sarah is a bi-blue Sheltie that's about seven years old. And I got her when she also retired from a breeding program in 2020. So... And then I have my foster dog. I'm pretty sure he's in here somewhere. He's around two years old, and he is a Canaan Jack Russell mix named Dooley. And I've had him since October 4th, and tomorrow he goes on his rescue transport. So, that's my crew that I've got with me right now. Um, I wanted to talk today a little bit about dog training. Um, So, as I've shared before, I didn't know that you needed to train your dog. I I didn't know everyone needed to do dog training. I, of course, knew that dogs needed to be housebroken, and probably that was about it. And, um, we're talking when I was a child. I knew our dog was housebroken, and she had some rules, but back then, that was very unusual. I mean, the fact that she was housebroken was a plus. Like, that was like a big deal and then the fact that she knew some commands like go to your bed and things like that that was just over the top and um I thought that my dog knew those things because she was extremely smart that that was my take on it and um my dog at the time was a beagle German Shepherd mutt and um so I thought I don't think I even thought that she did those things because we trained her. I, or my mom trained her. I didn't train her. But I think I thought she did those things because she was extremely smart. And then if you would have asked me about a dog trainer, I would have thought those people were extremely intelligent, just above average people. So I didn't know that anyone could, be, uh, could train their dog. I probably knew that you got money for it but I don't I don't even know so that was my first experience with any sort of dog training and I learned rough uh, old-school methods back in the 80s like rubbing their nose and their poop and hitting them with a newspaper and uh, choke chains you know the, those type things were all I knew and um, actually Now that I think about it, um, we did know someone who trained dogs, and I believe he was kind of rough, and that might have been the person that we learned about the choke chains and the, the, 
you know, the old school methods from. So that was all I knew as far as dog training. And I ended up getting many dogs after that, probably like five, six, seven dogs after that through my adult life. And then I started, uh, when I started increasing my pack, so for a long time, I just had one dog from like 2001 to, you know, 2010. I only had one dog, nine years. And then I increased my pack to two dogs and that lasted for a couple of weeks and then it was three. And so my pack was three and I had these Shelties and they were very strange. I had a Collie sheepdog kind of mix named Haley and she was very well behaved. And then I had the Shelties and they didn't like other dogs. They were very um, anxious and so, you know, I just, I just thought those dogs were weird. Uh, you couldn't take them for a walk. They didn't like to get in the car. I mean, they just had a lot of, a lot of anxiety and insecurity. And so I, I didn't think much about that. And then when I increased my pack to four in 2017, I, I well, actually in 2014, we got a, another Sheltie after my collie sheepdog mix died. And we took her to training because we thought that she could be a therapy dog for my son. And of course that didn't work out, but we went to training and I kind of, you know, I paid the fee and we, we did the training and it, it didn't really work. We didn't follow up at home very much. And I, you know, I just kind of, it was a group class, you know, where, where you went with a bunch of other people. It was in a pet store and the trainer was okay, but you know, it, it just, it wasn't too great like you know we got the little certificate at the end and it was just you know it just wasn't the best well then when I got Tabby in 2017 the Bichon I took her to another class and and that was a whole different ball game it was a group but it was I felt like they did a lot more the dogs were very there was like mentor dogs in the class and they they knew a lot of stuff so obviously these methods worked and I got a lot more serious about training and that is kind of when I learned that every dog needed to be trained then I started watching training shows on TV I started watching it's me or the dog with Victoria Stilwell and yes I had watched it before because by 2017 it was reruns but I had never watched it so I got it like on my um, streaming service and just binge watched it and tried to learn all the things that she said and then I of course started watching other training shows like um, Lucky Dog with Brandon McMillan I started watching that one and I started watching uh, Caesar, of course. I, I binge-watched all these shows to try to learn about the different training. And I, I really sat there and studied these people and all their different methods of training. And then there was another one that I streamed called At the End of the Leash with a trainer named Brad Pattison from Canada. And I, I studied all these people, and I read... Um, lots of dog books I still read dog books and try to figure out what was best for me 
and I kept up with the training methods that I had learned in my class in 2017 with Tabby. I did those with the other dogs. Even though they didn't go to class, I, I tried to teach them. And they responded to those methods. Well, after, around that time, I, I realized there weren't just one, you know, one type of training to, to do. There was different ones. So, I learned about something called positive reinforcement training or no force training. And it was like, um, you gave a dog a treat to try to get them to do what you wanted. And I also watched, um, Pitbulls and Parolees, binge watched that with Tia Torres and read her book and everything and learned about her methods too, which were also positive. And so I kind of figured out at that point that I wanted to do the more positive thing. Like I didn't want to rub my dog's nose in their poop because it didn't work. I did try it. It didn't work. Um, I, I didn't want to hit my dog with a newspaper. That to me didn't work. Um, Oh, and I also watched this other one called Tiny Terror with Jackie, can't remember her last name, but her name was Jackie, and I watched that one too, about training little dogs, and so I, you know, I watched all these shows, I read these books, I researched YouTube videos, and I figured out I wanted to do positive training, and um, I started learning about things like, um, Something as simple as a harness for a small dog especially, or even a big dog, helps with leash pulling. Um, I learned the method like, when your dog is pulling on the leash, go the other way. You know, just simple things that I, I felt like were better than choking them on a choke collar or whatever. So, I, um, through this research of the positive people, I started learning about shock collars and I'd heard of them, and when I go to the dog park, there are some dogs there on shock collars, and I started, you know, from, from day one, I never thought I would be someone that would use one, but after doing research, I really realized how bad they were and how I didn't want any part of them, and in England, they're actually illegal. You can't buy them, so I, I decided I didn't want to do that. Um, I'd heard about the electric fences, and, you know, I wasn't ever comfortable with that and so I just started figuring out some stuff for myself about like what kind of training I wanted to do and I wouldn't call myself force free because you know like I was just doing some research before I made this podcast and they were saying force okay you're putting your dog on a leash that's force so um I'm not into force free training I am I like to say I'm sort of like, um, I had a friend once when we were just talking about controversial methods, we were actually talking about um, the medical industry, medicine, and we were talking about how some people are totally, totally natural, and then some people are totally, totally pharmaceutic, and this lady who is a nurse and her husband's a doctor, she was like, you just need to get balance, you need to be in the middle. You don't need to say you wouldn't do anything natural, but you don't need to rely solely on pharmaceutical. So, I feel like with training, I do lean closer to um, positive training, but I wouldn't call myself force-free. And I do believe in... It's like with kids. Um, I feel like my positive uh, training for the dogs 
went better than me trying to be a totally positive parent because I, I do have a human child and I tried for a little bit to do the whole positive parenting thing say yes don't say no blah 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 I really tried to do that and it didn't work for that kid at all and so I feel like with our dogs sometimes it can be like that too we have to do what works but for my dogs um number one I don't have aggressive dogs I just don't and I don't have puppies and I don't have um you know I, I just don't have dogs with uh strong overpowering personalities I just I like the docile girls and so the positive stuff works better with my dogs like you know holding up a tree rewards and, and I tested it out I did a live on my uh, cause of happiness Facebook page yesterday and I tested it out to see if my dogs would still do the commands if I didn't offer a treat I didn't even have the treats like I didn't have one in my pocket I didn't even have one in the room and so I, I told them to sit and do down and give me their paw and they did without the treat and I know in my class the teacher says okay yeah at first every time they sit down give them a treat and once they get pretty good at it you might give them a treat and then in my books for my canine specialist class taught us this too and then you might give them a treat every third time they sit down every fifth time they sit down and then and you know it's like oh then you make them sit do a down and give you a paw before they get a treat so you you slowly taper them off and I had a friend who swore up and down by everything Caesar Milan said and she said oh no 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 you can't do that it doesn't work they're gonna want to treat every time they don't really know how to do it and I was like okay well all right then we'll we'll just see and sure enough my dogs will do the commands without a treat so it does work um, will it work for everybody's dog I don't know you have to do what's best for you but for me I want to do more positive training um, and then I started learning just in the last two three weeks about something called balance training and I really feel like that's really similar to what I do um, because it's basically a lot of positive stuff but it's um, maybe a little more intense like they use the vibration colors the e-colors and I have heard a lot about them I have never used them I don't know how I feel about them at this point um, I don't think my books and my course are encouraging them which does not mean I'm against them because I don't necessarily think that I need to agree with every single thing my course teaches but I know my course is exclusively positive and I'm okay with that because that's mostly what I am but the balanced I know uses the vibration collars I wonder if they would use the citronella collars that spray out when your dog barks too much um, I don't use those type of things but I do use a spray bottle because my dogs can get to barking and for no reason and not want to stop and I do use the um, and I learned this method on the tiny terror show but my my teacher in my obedience class um, suggested it too is where you put um, pennies in a tin can and the clank makes them stop barking or stop uh, doing whatever negative behavior that you can't get them to stop um, that could be like scratching on your door or you know chewing on something they're not supposed to or 
you know, and I need that for my dogs, some way to get their attention to tell them to stop. Um, I do have a dog whistle, and uh, I, <laughs> I just kind of taught myself to use it by YouTube videos. I don't know how successful I felt like in some situations it worked. I, at one point in time, I was really into it, and that's my problem. I, I stopped, but I felt like some of them were responding to it when we go out on walks like I had a whistle I did when I wanted them to come I had a whistle you know that I wanted them to do to get their attention in the house and I felt like it was working but training you have to be consistent and you know today I actually took my dogs for a walk in the park the regular human park on leash you know like a fourth a mile whatever and I, I realized how Tabby and Olivia, their leash skills are terrible. And, you know, they both gone to class. Olivia just went to class in the last couple of months. She went for six weeks and worked on leash and everything. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, this is my fault that they're terrible on leash, Tabby and the little ones. Because I just don't walk them on leash that much they're outside and they're tethered but they're just not and I'm like okay I need to make a point of trying to I, you know I take them to the dog park once or twice a week <laughs> I probably need to take them to the human park and walk them on leash uh, Carly and Sarah the Shelties have been going to obedience class and working on their leash skills so Carly went with us today and she did beautiful on the leash but it's it's all about the fact that I've not been I'm not being consistent so I feel like training is a lot of consistency and normally I'm great with structure and consistency um, there are certain things like I have been with their obedience command sit stay down I've been working on those like every other day I should do them every day twice a day but I at least do those every other day and you know other things I work on a lot but the leash walking is where I fall short so I feel like any kind of training you do you have to be consistent and if your dog drops off with their uh, accuracy or skills then if you're not being consistent it's your fault um, and then you know the rough training you know kicking them pulling them jerking them you know flipping them over on their back I just don't see that that is even smart. I mean, I don't even, to me, that just doesn't even seem, being all rough and tough, what is that proving? I don't, I don't know how that's, you know, I don't want you to bite people and be aggressive, but I'm going to kick you in the ribs and throw you on your back. I mean, that to me doesn't even sound like humane treatment. Um, and I know that a lot of people buy into the star quality or the popularity or the money or the glamour and that's not what I like it's like I had a friend and she likes to watch Caesar Milan but she said she didn't like watching pit bulls and prolies because they don't dress up and they don't wear makeup and they they look like people who work at a rescue and they you know they wear short shorts and they have a lot of tattoos and they don't look like stars basically and I'm like well that's not why I watch the show I don't I don't watch the show to see people all dressed up if I saw somebody in heels and made up and hair done and working at a rescue I would think that they're not really working as hard as they're saying 
And so I said, I don't watch that for that. I like to see the training tips. I like to see the adoption. I like to see the, the way that she works out issues with dogs. That That's my favorite to see like um, her say, oh, this dog is afraid of the car, so let's get him used to the car. This dog is afraid of the boat, or this dog um, needs to learn how to go out to check the mail. Let, you know, I love the testing she does. Like, most places, dog test, and that's about it, but she tests for everything. Like, you know, she's the person that taught me that dogs are afraid of bicycles, and then I ended up having a dog that was afraid of kids going by on the bike. And I didn't know anything about that. She was talking about, uh, you know, just training dogs to be in the car. I've always had dogs who had trouble with that. So if I would have known some of her, uh, you know, techniques back then when I had the dogs that wouldn't get in the car, that would have been better. And just recently she was talking about dogs that go after your shoes. And she suggested that this lady buy this thing that goes over her door that's got pockets that you put your shoes in to keep them off the floor. Well, I had just bought one the month before, and I was like, oh my goodness, I wish I, you know, this episode would have aired months ago. I could have, you know, I would have known about that. And my friend's like, oh, well, Caesar would have told you what to do to make your dog stop, not just buying that, uh, not just buying that contraption to keep the, the shoes away from the dog. And I'm like, what? you know, I just feel like glamour and star and star quality. And, you know, there's no magic pill to solve the problems. And I feel like when you're watching a TV show, you don't know. I mean, I found out, I watch a lot of like TLC and I found out a lot of those reality shows are scripted and so you don't know how much is real and how much is not and you know a dog training show um i i always say i want to see an episode where the dog doesn't learn the skill or what do you do when that doesn't work out or how long did that really take you know i start asking questions and it's like one person is not going to be able to just uh, transform every dog they encounter. That That's just not even realistic. One person is not going to be able to do that. And I feel like it, you can't use the same technique on every owner and every dog. Oh, it's your energy. Oh, it, they're dominant. I, I don't think that could be said for everybody. And, you know, I've known a lot of people, and especially since I've been studying dogs, I start paying attention to how my friends and family treat their dog or how their dog behaves and out of all the people I know I can only think of one person who I feel like um, the stuff that that Caesar says about energy and your dog being dominant I can only think of one person who I feel like might I mean I'm not going to say that's her only problem but I feel like some of that applies to her in the way of the way she talks to her dogs, the way she, she lets them be in control all the time, the way it's like chaotic, you know, that's the only person I feel like could benefit from that be a leader talk. Other than that, I mean, I'm a leader. I mean, I've always been a leader. I've been class president. I've been, you know, I'm, I'm always a leader. So obviously being a leader is not my problem. Um, and most of the people I know that have dogs, they are very, uh, strong independent people 
So I don't feel like that's always the problem. It's like I can sit there and talk about my friends and I can say like I have this other friend and she gets all these animals and complains about them. And I know her number one problem is not being consistent. I can nail that right there. It's, it's not anything to do with her dog dominating her or uh, her not being a leader or her dog being in control. It's just lack of consistency. And she can tell you that herself. Like it might have taken her a while to figure it out. And I've known it from the get-go, but her problem is consistency. She has her dogs on no kind of schedule. There's nothing the same. She gets distracted. She has no routine. You can't train dogs and be like that. Um, you know, um, sometimes it's the person doesn't really spend that much time with their dog. Like, I have another friend who keeps her dog outside on the chain all the time. I mean, that dog is outside on the chain or it's in a separate room in a crate by itself. So, essentially, she spends no one-on-one -on -one time with her dog. And then she talks about how crazy and out of control it is whenever it's off-leash in the house, which is never. And I'm like, well, of course you're not going to train it. It's never in the house with you off-leash. And when it is, it's going to be crazy because it doesn't know what to expect. You're not spending any time with it. You're not taking the time to train it. It's not going to just, boom, behave. That's, that's not how that works. So, her problem isn't anything to do with dominance or bad energy. It's just she's not willing to put in the time. And that's a lot of people. They're just not willing to put in the time. And I think they sometimes see one person and they're like, Oh, that person can make a dog do anything. Well, okay. Is that person being consistent? Probably. Is that person putting in the time? Definitely. Especially if they're on TV getting paid. Um, is that person um, invested? I mean, a lot of times people are not invested in their dogs. And to train them, you have to be invested. So, whatever method you use, you're going to have to be consistent, invested, and take time. Nothing's going to happen overnight. And whether you're using a shock collar or an e-collar or a treat or a leash or all of the above, it's going to take those things consistency, time, dedication, and investment. I mean, those things are just basic, and all dogs do need training. Do all dogs need the same commands or the same type? Absolutely not, and I can't say what works best for everybody. Um, for me, I like, okay, does this feel right? Okay, uh, the fact me using a shock collar on my 12-pound uh, tiny dog does not sound right to me. Does not feel right. I will not do it. Um, I do have a choke collar on my Shelties. Not because I choke them, but because they can slip their heads out of other collars. Even the Martingale. And the choke collars, I, they, I don't know, for some reason they can't get out of those. They don't pull. They don't pull on the leash. Like I said, Carly has beautiful leash skills. And uh, Shelties tend to have skinny necks. Now, my, my little dogs, they just have regular collars on. Um, I would not put a choke collar on them because they do pull on the leash, and I wouldn't want to choke them. I mean, they, they choke themselves in the regular collars. Um, you know, today when we took them to the park, we actually put their harnesses on them, which I'm, you know, supposed to be doing. But Tabby's harness was too big, so we'll have to figure something out about that um and as far as that goes um I wanted to go over some of the things 
that help. Um, I use the slip leads or uh, what are they? I think they're called English uh, leashes. And I get mine from Chewy. They're like $18 and it's like a soft material cloth and it's a leash with a uh, martingale type collar built in. It's just one piece and it's got your leash and your collar on it and they're made out of a cloth material and uh, some people call them slip leads and you can get them made out of leather and stuff and they can be very, I mean they're all very expensive. My friend said she found one like under $10 at, at a TJ Maxx but I have never, I've always had to order mine um, from Chewy. And then, so those are helpful for dogs like my Shelties that pull out of their leash or their collar. And then I have all kinds of leashes. I don't like retractable leashes. I just recently uh, watched a bunch of uh, videos and did a bunch of research on retractable leashes and how dangerous they are. Um, and, but other than that, I use any kind of leash. Um, I did find out that with the smaller dogs, the four feet leashes are a little bit better especially because they don't have very good leash manners yet. Um, and then the martingale collars are good. They draw up, but they don't choke them if they try to get out of their collar, which I've had a lot of dogs try to do. I like the collars that, they're regular collar, buckle collars, but they have two rings on them. So like one for the ID tag and the rabies tag and then one for the leash. That's what I prefer. That's easier for me because my dogs were always losing their rabies tags and their ID tags and those things get, well, you can't get the rabies tags replaced, but the ID tags get expensive to replace. And then I have little lights on my dog's collars. You can push the button so you can see them at night. And uh, let's see, what else do I use? Um, I have used a clicker. That's another type of training. Instead of giving them a treat, you click it. And I have one that I just got that's got a wrist attachment. So I can just hang it on my wrist and that way I can click it because like it's hard to train and then hold the clicker in your hand and then click it. So I couldn't get my timing right and I kept getting frustrated. So I'm gonna go back to using it now that I have the one that goes on your wrist. And I'll let you know how that goes. Like I said, I've used the whistle. And again, I need to be consistent about that um, and when I got the whistle the funny thing was of course I didn't realize that we can't really hear it and so I, I was like this is broken this is broken this whistle I can't even hear it and you know my son was like it's a dog whistle you're not going to hear it and so I had to like go on YouTube and do some research and oh okay I'm not supposed to be able to hear it that, that was kind of funny and Trying to think if there's any other training tools I've used. Um, I do put the, the little dogs together and the big dogs together and I use those leash attachments sometimes. But when you're initially training them to walk on a leash, that's probably not a great idea. Um, practice, practice, practice is the best tool. And invest and put in the time. So I hope this has been helpful. Um, research your training method, res uh, figure out what training method fits better for your philosophy, and 
try to find some trainers demonstrating that method. I've told you about some of the ones. I like Victoria Stillwell. I like Brandon McMillan. Um, I like... Uh, I've been following Matt Beisner, the one that does Dog Impossible. I, I don't know how I feel about him yet. Uh, I do like Tia Torres. You know, and, and there's lots of others out there. Oh, Jan Fennell, the dog listener. I did do some research on her. I don't know about that. Her methods are a little uh, different. I, I don't think they're bad. I just don't know that I could follow up with them. But she has a, a whole thing about communication. Um, I mean to sit down and read her book, but I haven't. Uh, oh, there is another one. Her name is Victoria Shade, S-C-H-A-D-E. She writes books, and she has trained dogs for the Puppy Bowl. And I listened to, like, an interview with her, and I've read her books. And she's very positive, and I really like her. So, yeah, definitely research your training. And if you go to any training, um, like when I went to my obedience class that I go to, I was like, are you a positive trainer? And she was like, oh, absolutely. So make sure that when you go into a class that their methods and your philosophy all line up. That's super important. Because you don't want a, like, I wouldn't want to go to a class where they're going to tell me to put a shot collar on my dog. So definitely look into that kind of stuff. So, I hope this has been helpful. Um, you can find me on Instagram at positive happiness dogville, D-O-G-V-I-L-L-E. Dogville is all one word. You can find me on Facebook at Pause of Happiness, a gal's best friend. There is also a Facebook group for visually impaired people who have dogs called Visually Impaired People Caring for Dogs. And that is for any visually impaired slash blind person who has a dog in their care, whether it's a seeing eye dog, a pet, whatever. So have a great day and I hope this has been helpful.